Welcome back to episode 36 of Dice to Pixels. Tonight we're going to be talking about a new thing from Pezos. They're rejecting all AI-generated content. Uh, we've got a few other things to talk about, including the fact that yesterday was Mario Day. We're going to get into it right now. Okay, so, uh, Pezo. They, I did a short video about this. Yep. They have... They are updating. I think they've probably done it by now. They announced this a few days ago. Uh, They're updating all of their contracts so that any submitted work, art, uh, written, anything that you submit to them for sale, essentially, for publishing in general. I won't say sale because I think it applies to free stuff as well. Uh, Anything that's for the community uh, marketplace or official like Pezo modules uh, cannot have any AI-generated content whatsoever so that that's the new rule um there was a blog post they took a pretty hard stance against ai creativity uh it was a little tongue-in-cheek but uh i think it's also probably fair the Mm -hmm. way they phrased it um i don't think there's anyone that that's like no this is the wrong move like i think everybody's like yeah this is a good idea yeah however i think equally a bunch of people are saying how like what cool how are you going to enforce, enforce that? that yeah so that's the interesting bit uh i mean the short answer is lawsuits right if you submit something that's ai generated uh and they find out mm-hmm. they're they're gonna sue you for damaging their brand that's yeah. the short answer yeah can they actually meaningfully catch everyone who uses ai no of course not that's ridiculous but uh yeah. what are your thoughts yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, we've we've seen a lot of really really talented people that have written, you know, uh, module content. Book con- our friend Devin mm-hmm. has done incredible work <clears throat> on a, quite a few occasions, mm-hmm. um, and the man is just like a wealth of ideas and creativity, and the things that he's come up with is incredible. And I couldn't, I couldn't possibly imagine somebody like, you know him kind of t- like people like that taking back seats and using this AI creation tool to I'm going to give an, a, a brief example where I would think it's okay and it's not in the TTRPG world but um, one of the GTA streamers we watch uh, to add radio content um, in the GTA RP world he created these little newsreels with chat GPT and then kind of used the uh, I think it was open AI yeah to create like the voiceover and make yeah. it sound like a radio and he did it in like minutes yeah. and then put it in the game because he's one of the developers for um no pixel and uh put it in the game so that players are driving around and all of a sudden this radio thing comes on and it's about their character and they're just like oh my god that's so cool something like that okay cool but like in the ttrpg world actually writing the stuff i think it kind of takes away from the really creative people in the world yeah and not just the writers too but also the artists mm-hmm. like yes AI is able to make some really amazing and work that almost looks like it's made by an actual person but it's not going to stand up to the the same way and it's not fair to like at conventions we've seen a lot of amazing artists and we've actually purchased some of their art too and trying to I think people trying to use AI art to push out and benefit off of that versus developing the skills themselves is is an awful shame. So I think it's great that Pezo is taking a very a verbal stance on this. 
Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a few facets to this. So so by and large, I mean I agree, right? Uh, creative people are better than the bot. One thing that ChatGPT and and similar large language models will never be able to do is comprehend what they're talking about. Chad's hitting his microphone. Um, so they can create word salad and some of it will be good, mm -hmm. but they will never, you will never be able to create a coherent world using something like chat GPT. That is not something that it can do that. It, it literally cannot do that. Mm -hmm. However, there's an argument that if somebody who is not a proficient writer wants to use something like chat GPT to fill in the blanks. So, so if they have the story arc for something that they want to do, be it, be it a film, be it, uh, you know, a module, be it anything. And they basically come down to, you know what? I can't write dialogue, right? So, so what I'm going to do is, uh, I want these two characters to have a discussion about blank. I suck at writing dialogue. Chat GPT is a, fucking incredible at writing dialogue because it's read everything that's ever been written not literally but close enough so if somebody wants to like hey i need some filler i just need like here's what they're gonna talk about but i need you to fill in all the ums and ahs and and all the bits i have a hard time arguing that that's fundamentally a bad thing i, I have a really hard time arguing that removing some of those low barriers to entry in favor of telling someone, well, just get better at writing. It's like, well, fair, but also is is them using tools to fill in some gaps. Is that really a bad thing? So are you meaning it more in the sense of like any one of the three of us writing it for each other or to submit to a thing? Because I think that's two totally different two totally different ways of looking at it because like, yeah, I would definitely use that to help complement writing anything for a module for home use, but I'm not going to be a professional writer and use that and just claim everything as my own. Well, so so that's a I think that second part there is is a bit of a separate issue, which is whether or not people are going to be honest about where it came yeah. from. Uh, I would. I mean, people. Eh. This is a hard one because on the one hand, I can I can be the straw man asshole and say, well, people don't, you know, credit their spell checker for, you know, their their work, uh, which obviously that's not the same. No. But at the same time, I mean, it kind of is right. It's it's an electronic tool that literally changes what you're writing. Mm -hmm. It's no different, though, than uh, how some creators don't actually credit the people that did the writing. Uh yeah, no, yeah. well, ghostwriters, right? So, yeah. so, so again, like that's something that, like, there are these practices already exist. I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying I could. Like, there's yeah. an argument that can be made there. I personally think that's a silly argument, and I don't personally agree with it. But it can be made, and I've seen it made, and it it's coherent. Um, but if somebody writes a 300-page module and tells me. I use chat GPT to write the dialogue that doesn't reduce the creativity. They, I don't, I'm not going to be like, Oh, well then screw you. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. That's like what? 2% of the module. Cause yeah. modules aren't really about dialogue. Right. No. Uh, I'd be like, that's fine. Like who cares? Right. So 
there's an argument to be made here, and I think I would make this argument, that taking a 100% stance is not correct. Because there are, there are blanks that you can fill in. Like, nobody's good at all aspects of writing. That's why editors exist. Mm -hmm. Frankly, if you're using ChatGPT in a similar way that you might use an editor, I have no problem with this. I also have no problem with Pezo taking the hardline stance because, uh, I mean, the alternative is trying to come up with bespoke rules that somehow encapsulate everything that it is to be human creativity, right? Which is impossible. So, so taking the hardline stance makes all the sense in the world. At the same time, uh, if somebody produced a module and said, by the way, I use ChatGPT for a few percent of this, that doesn't make them less creative in my mind. That's, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. So... I think that there's there's arguments to both sides and I and I do think that people sort of take the the reaction of like this is great this is exactly what they should have done and I, and I can agree with that mm -hmm. to an extent I think that is fair but I also think people shouldn't lose track of the fact that there are going to be people that leverage tools like ChatGPT to turn uh, something that is fundamentally creative like they have an outline they 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 know what they want to say but they don't know how to make it compelling and they use chat GPT to fill in those blanks. And I think that can still be excellent work as long as they do the legwork to make it proper. Mm -hmm. So I like, I don't want to fall into the trap personally of ever being like, no, using chat GPT is uncreative. You're wrong to do it. I'm also totally on board with Pezo saying like, no, we are not going to resell chat GPT work yeah. Yeah. as like, as a company, we're not doing this. Like that's, Fine, I agree with that. Uh, as an individual, like if somebody on Etsy was or somebody was kickstarting a module and they like some of this was written by Jibg, fine, I don't care. Yeah, see, I think I think that's the difference. Like, if you're making money for yourself, you're making it making this decision on your own, or if you're making it for just a home game, that's one thing. But I think if you're at the writing proficiency level to submit this with confidence to Pezo or any other um, larger team, then my my assumption at that point would be you're well practiced enough at writing because you've written so much your writing skills have developed to the point where maybe you don't need that support in the same way or you have people that you know that i'm weak in this particular area of writing can you help me out and i'll give you credit in this yeah i 100% agree with everything you just said and 100% disagree with one thing that you just said. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> you are absolutely correct that somebody at that level, that, that it is reasonable to imagine that somebody at that level of submitting their work for, for inclusion into official products, uh, that they should be at a level or, or have a network or whatever. Mm -hmm. they, they should have cultivated that creative network, we'll yep. call it, to produce this work. On the other hand... They should not be selling it to Pezo. They should be selling it themselves. Arguably, and I would argue this, I'm, I'm going to argue it right now. Arguably, anyone, Pezo should not expect people that are at that level to submit work for them to sell. Yeah. Pezo should okay. almost only be getting the people who are using ChatGPT. That's not how things work now. Yeah. But arguably, they should, like, anyone who's good enough to not need those tools should be like, no, fuck you, Pezo. I'll sell it myself. Mm -hmm. Kickstarter exists. You know, like, the internet exists. Yeah. We don't need you to package our stuff. We'll just sell it ourselves. 
Uh, that's not how things work, and and like fair enough. But I I would almost say like, Peso is being unreasonable expecting people to be that level of professional, and still let Peso take a cut, right? Like that's that's almost gross. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's the way things work, but it's almost gross. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So how long do you think before uh, people like Wizards and uh, Wizards of the Coast take a similar stance? <laughs> uh how that so how long i think the question is have they already internally done it and um it's a part of the new ogl probably (laughs) maybe yeah Yeah. actually i was i was just thinking uh in order to take that stance i think that they would have to have not already included ai produced content in their works and I have no, like, I, I don't have any insider information or otherwise, but I'd bet money that they have already included AI content in their works. They produce so much yeah. stuff. Like, I have a hard time believing that they actually have somebody sit down and create those little, like, blurbs on every single magic oh, card that's yeah. produced. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of those have been produced by AI for the last five or six years at least. <laughs> so I, I almost I almost think that they just uh, personally my guess is they'll keep their goddamn mouth shut because I I'm betting they've already used it and uh, not necessarily for D and D although who knows but yeah. I bet they've already used it and um, I don't think they want to shed a light on that. So and we we know they have leaks. So if they came out and said. We don't approve AI generated content. I could see somebody in the company being like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> yes, <shit>. you do." <laughs> so I will see. I could be totally wrong, but I would not be surprised if they just keep their goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> hey, wizards! If you're looking for a guy, we know somebody. We'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, Pezo. I mean, the community is gonna love it. Uh, it's good for content creators. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's it's good for writers. I fully support it. The other thing I was gonna mention is uh, in this similar vein to um, to the sort of filling in the blanks that I was talking about. Um, there's an anime, and I can't remember what it is, but I believe it's on Netflix, where they used AI for the backgrounds. So all of the characters and everything are are done by professionals, but the, a lot of the backgrounds are done with AI. And that's, well, so, so this is another situation where it's like, arguably the backgrounds aren't your focus. So offloading that from a proficient human to a semi-proficient AI, does it really detract from the, the show or is that just using your resources smart? Like, like being clever about the way you're using those highly professional resources. So like I think there's I think there's arguments left to unfold. I don't think it's cut and dry and no. Pezo came out very cut and dry, which for the reasons I mentioned and also because like I mentioned in the short video that I did, you know, the the ownership is still a quagmire legally. So yeah. like it they're smart to do it this way regardless for now, but uh I think there's a lot more nuance than people are giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think we will see the attitudes towards this kind of stuff evolve over time. Yeah, because even like what you're saying with the anime, well then, if if the, <clears throat> excuse me, if if a AI was creating the background, well that just means there is one more artist that wasn't hired to make the backgrounds. So, right. Which on the one hand, if that artist went completely unemployed, that's, that's not great. good, no. right? 
On the other hand, if they were able to use their talents on foreground and, and actually be do something impactful, yep. that's a win. And then, yeah, there's a little bit more money in the budget that hopefully went to the artists that, that were working on other things. Or Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I totally, total non sequitur, but, uh, you know, I'm a Top Gear fan, and, and years ago, Jeremy Clarkson did a bit where he talked about, um, I think it was Jeremy, doesn't matter. Uh, talked about, you know, you go through school to be a, uh, an industrial designer for automobiles and, and you know, you, your whole life you've been looking forward to this and you end up at Toyota working on the door handle for a fucking Camry. Like, how soul-crushing would that be? And, and so, on the one hand, good that a person has a job doing what they want to do. On the other hand, if there's enough work to go around totally offload that boring shit to ai 100 mm-hmm. percent, do it so yeah it like i said yeah nuance i think we'll see attitudes evolve quite a bit yeah um but i also think pezo made the right choice for now yeah and yeah. i also think that wizards will stay stay out of it for now yeah we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. they've they've had enough uh they've had enough shit press for uh <laughs> for for this year already so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well as you mentioned at the top of the show uh, as of today, like today when we're filming, yesterday for you fine folks, uh, it is Mario Day, March 10th. Um, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Uh, they had a Nintendo Direct today. They basically talked about the Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out. Yay. whoop de doo Don't care. Uh, they gave a release date and all that fun stuff and a new trailer. Um, they also have some deals which surprisingly go beyond their 30% off first party sale beyond just the amazon one that you found last night yep yep and it's uh so there's a four four old games um that you have uh, you can get mario party superstars at 33 percent off uh donkey kong country tropical freeze at 33 percent off yoshi's crafted world at 33 percent off and luigi's mansion 3 plus their multiplayer patch set uh 32 percent off well, now hang on, because Luigi, Luigi's Mansion Three base game is also thirty-three percent off. off. Yep. I gotta steal the mic or the camera for a second, because. <laughs> if you don't know why we're making fun of this, um, check out our our Nintendo pricing video. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo is historically terrible about doing actual deals on things. They're the highest they ever really go is thirty percent. So they they gave us an extra thirty, an extra three percent discount. Oh man! And I mean, out of all of these, the only one I would probably want to get would be the Yoshi's Crafted World, and that's only because you're and Sarah's interested in playing it. So yeah, don't we yeah. have it on something already? No, that's Woolly World on the Wii U. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So in fairness, they they are doing a switch bundle that i think is like mildly reasonable sale Mm -hmm. if you happen to not already own a switch um whatever you get a free game which you know hey that's not that's a good place to start mario odyssey uh mario kart 8 deluxe um or new super mario brothers u yeah, and and to be clear, these uh, from what I can see, these deals should still be live when this comes out. It's not a one day thing, so mm. yep. uh, we would be dicks to be talking about this <laughs> if you couldn't even make it. Yeah, those sales on the they end on March twenty third. Yeah, so yeah, so so yeah, I I actually when we said t- when uh, we were talking about Mario Day before we started filming here, I said yeah, nobody fucking cares, not even Nintendo, and and I kind of <laughs> stand by that, like. 
the movie comes out today, but like no, I don't does it or sorry the movie not not comes out. Um, it was uh, tickets went on sale today. I think you can pre order tickets. Maybe it is something like that. Um, there was something about the movie. Like they're they're basically they're pimping out the movie. It would have made so much more sense to release the movie today. Definitely, so, yeah, it was the final final trailer. Beh. Yeah, and I th- I think ticket pre orders as well. But yeah. anyways, like they like. Nintendo didn't really do much for Mario Day, so no. I'm I'm a little surprised that they're like it's Mario Day, and then like we're not we don't we don't care. I feel like it hasn't hit like the mainstream in the same way like as Pi Day or anything has, because I literally did not remember it was Mario Day until I went into my emails and saw the email from Nintendo, and I was like why Ma- Mara? and opened it up and I'm like oh right Mario Day okay cool delete. I don't, I don't even think like. This has been a thing for quite some time because even way way back in the in the in the beginnings like the NES like I don't remember ever a Mario Day throughout pretty much the NES SNES N64 no unless they started doing it around the GameCube or the Wii 2016 oh well yeah well, slightly so, off I was gonna say I feel like it's only been like three years yeah. but. so when you're saying like it doesn't have the same impact like yeah I agree but I also think that's on Nintendo for not really pushing it pushing it a lot more and the other thing i want to say is like okay if it's mario day um why not present some more freaking mario games like where's odyssey where's mario kart mario golf like why aren't all of them on sale if it's your mario day like this you know because nintendo are jerks about pricing we (laughs) already already covered that yeah (laughs) uh yeah no they um they don't seem to care much, and neither should you, unless you happen to be in the market for a Switch, in which case, this is as good a time as any. Cool. Yeah. And you'll yeah. get a free game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it brings back, you know, the Mario series brings back, we all have our memories of playing the Mario games, you know, at some point some point in time in our lives, you know. Well, that actually, so so this this works as a segue to two things that I don't even think I remembered to mention that I was going to talk about tonight. Uh, the first one is um, Nintendo. There was a study by somebody. I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, somebody did somebody. the study? Somebody looked at some things and said a thing. Whoa. Um, Nintendo is the most recognized and respected gaming brand in North America which uh, maybe even brand period I forget if it was gaming or or all brands which I mean I I that doesn't shock me right Nintendo's iconic and everything else but Mm -hmm. I I happened to see that and I thought ah cool good for them yeah that's a nice nice little title to have I mean everybody likes Nintendo even if we don't care about them we still like them right uh, and then the other thing was you were talking about everybody has sort of their classic Mario, and of course, I think most of our viewership is is thirty ish somewhere like yeah. thirty to. 40. I know, like, but okay. So the official, the <laughs> traditional age ranges are thirty to forty four, and you still fall into that, sir. Just barely. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, the reason I, I bring this up is um, the uh, it was ExpressVPN. That uh, that released this study, and I I will link to it below because I actually forget whether they asked their users or whether they watched like using her heuristics like 
figured out what kind of traffic people were doing through the VPN, uh, which you can get very little information if you're freaking out about them being able to figure out what you're doing on the VPN. They can't really, but they can take a guess at it. Um, the uh, the number one, like the, the age group of gamers is predominantly sort of what they call millennials, which is not true, but it's like 30 plus, 30 to 40 area. Um, people who grew up with things like Mario and apparently uh, retro stuff tends to be more common. Um, <laughs> so you're very much correct that out of out of gamers, it seems to be that, yeah, retro is, is a big thing because it's uh, the, the newer generation. They didn't say this in the study because, of course, they didn't do like a, a proper study. They did like a survey. Um, but... Uh, they basically found that the younger generation isn't doing a huge amount of gaming, which uh, Sarah and I both sort of immediately, well, of course not, because they like they watch gaming, they watch streaming and everything else, they watch content, they don't they don't game nearly as much. So um, yeah, it, it is actually true that like most gamers probably do have their favorite Mario memory from childhood sort of thing, because it seems like most gamers did grow up with. Mario. Mm -hmm. so. You know what I wish they would remake? Duck Hunt. I want a like upscaled like now version of Duck Hunt. Yeah, they did that. It's, really? Yeah, it's a hunting game, literally. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go that way because I was gonna say I don't want Buckshot or whatever the hell those games are called. No, I want actual Duck Hunt. I want a dog crying at me for some reason. So, yeah, I mean you can get them. I don't think like Nintendo has not done one, but there are several. A, there are several people who have, like, done unofficial ones that are literally duck hunt, just upscaled graphics. Uh, and then there are some that are not duck hunt, but are very much duck hunt mm -hmm. uh, that people have made that are, like, they give it the 3D treatment and everything. But it's still, you know, still the ba same basic scene and it's got the dog and everything, but it's, you know, 3D rendered sort of thing. Uh, so they, they kind of exist. Okay. Um, okay. I I can uh, we'll 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 add it to the list of things that we'll eventually stream. There we go. <laughs> yes, yes. Ooh, classic um, duck hunt. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. We got. I, so I would actually. What I would like is uh, a new gun that works that isn't mm -hmm. bullshit. Because mm -hmm. you know the uh, the Nintendo gun worked phenomenally well for it's like age mm -hmm. for when it was released mm -hmm. the only other gun that i can remember that like worked was the dreamcast gun the super scope worked pretty good too was that the ps4 no the uh, super nintendo bazooka oh okay yeah i didn't try i, I never used it it but. was just big yeah <laughs> it was well, very awkward bazooka so yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool Chad, move your mic up yeah, so anyways, Duck Hunt Remake, They're, they exist. I, I want, I want like, a new good gun, though, which is, this is weird to me because they make guns, like laser tag, cheap laser tag guns are a yep. thing. You can buy them on Amazon, and they, they exist. Um, but uh, nobody's either used those or made good ones for a game system in, in a long time. Like, the PS4 one with the, the like, the weird. little light controller, those yeah. are crap. What about, with the Wii, wasn't there, like, something that you can insert? It was literally just a piece of plastic that you put your Wii remote into. Yeah, because... That's all it, it was. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, though. Mm. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. I will say the last good light gun I bought uh, was back in the PS1 era, and it was the Namco Gun Con that came with uh, Point Blank. And it's it, it's those, that one... Those were good. Yeah, it's the one I brought up um, before where I went to an arcade, and uh, it had, like, the kickback. Yep. Mm. So instantly, it was Point Blank, and it had the kickback, and I'm like, oh, my God, you can buy these? And then I went to the local EB Games, bought it, and then was immediately pissed off that it didn't have the kickback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It, yeah, it was great. It was it was great. Yeah, but, like, nobody's made a good one in years. Like, the Dreamcast was the last one where I remember, like, a good gun being made. Mm-hmm. So, as we... As is tradition. Yeah, I was going to say, so this is another goal to add to the list. We're going to make an excellent gaming light gun. Oh, I mean, yeah, we could do it ourselves. I was just going to say, as is tradition, uh, anytime we want something, the CEO of that company is watching oh, the podcast. Oh, uh, yes. Yep. So, uh, Xbox CEO. Does uh, Xbox have a separate CEO? No, they all report to the Microsoft CEO. doesn't matter. No, Whoever at Xbox makes the decision, who's clearly watching the podcast, make a light gun. Now, go. Yourself. I'm waiting. Don't hire someone else. You have to make it yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no, we want it to be good. Let's not go there. Um, yeah, no, I actually, you know, I wonder. There's there's probably PC peripherals for this, eh? Well, and I kind of think that the Wii U, um, <clears throat> the Wii remote, kind of doubled as its own light gun as well. But it's not the same. No, yeah. I know, yeah, but I mean. But yeah, yeah, that's why I brought up the, the, <clears throat> insert, the plastic insert thing, because they came up with a whole ton of stuff. Oh, God, there, there was so was, like, many accessories. Yeah. I remember at the time I wanted a Wii specifically so I could get Star Wars games because they had the lightsaber at the time, too. And they weren't very good. Well, that's not the point. That's not the point of the plastic thing. <laughs> uh, the Sindon light gun. Sindon. Uh, this looks very interesting. It's it's like a... How do you spell that? S-I-N? S-I-N-D-E-N. Light gun. Um... It's not clear to me. This looks like it's actually for... Is this USB? Their website is not great. Um, it looks it, very much like the GunCon. It does. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really does. This could be amazing, but it. I think it's USB. <gasps> they have an image here, but it's incredibly hard to make out. Yeah, that looks like USB. So this looks like a USB light gun that actually works, and they say it specifically works on LCD... Which I mean, presumably that'll work on LEDs. That's really as well. cool. It looks almost like, like something like you'd find for like a Nerf gunner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder if they're still making them. Let's uh, we're gonna check oh, this out. Shop uh, we might, dot we might com. Let's see. Um, and then there's the gun con. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they look Continue. very much like the gun con. Ooh, $200, $230 for one with recoil. <gasps> you can get one with a recoil, Chad. Oh there you go. Oh, my God. You can get a two-pack with recoil for $443 Canadian. Oh, yes. man. You can get a custom holster for them, too, yeah, and can. the uh, arcade pedal. All right. Well. It kind of looks right. like something out of Cyberpunk. This is actually right, well, really cool. We're going to stop looking at our laptops and get back <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, that's actually really cool. Um, I would totally... Next time I'm going to be irresponsible, irresponsible and buy something, I'm going to buy one of these. So probably with, after the podcast, yeah, as is tradition. Directly after we stop. As is tradition. Uh, with recoil, though, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, check this out if you're looking for a light gun. Uh, I, Or if you just want to look at something cool. 
Yeah, yeah, the website's not that good, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that looks super cool. So I'm glad I searched that. Yeah, PC light gun on Google, and I got it. Uh, no, this isn't sponsored by Sindon Light Gun. It Yet. should be, though. Yet. <laughs> should be. Cool. Uh, what's next on our... Oh, uh, no, we'll save the Steam thing for a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Epic Game Store? Yeah, I was scrolling through things today because that's what we do on Fridays. And apparently, Epic Game Store is now has just launched the self-publishing feature um, for devs on their system, which is kind of cool. Um, and also very cool is with multiplayer games, they are requiring devs to um, allow for cross-play with Steam. So if you want to play through Epic and your friends are on Steam, you guys can still play together, which is kind of cool. And it's just kind of cool in general that Epic is doing their own like self-publishing thing. So just to, to see where that goes, whether or not that lasts long, if it does well, or as well as Steam. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. This all kind of, I, I think this all basically came out of Apple being assholes. Um, that too. Because Apple was like, no, you have to pay us your 30% tax or whatever on any subscriptions, gaming subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And and Epic was offering a workaround where they would open their web page in the app. This is just for anyone who doesn't know. Most people know this story. Mm -hmm. And Apple, like, locked them out of the App Store as a result of this. So then Epic was like, cool, we're just going to start our own App Store or, like, our own store for this stuff. And uh, obviously iOS you still can't really do that. But on Android, you can grab stuff from them. God, I miss playing Battle Breakers. I know. I was just thinking of the same thing. Uh, and then so I think they, seeing that they had success with that, I think they've moved on. And they're like, hey, we can just. We can just do this. Do this. Why wouldn't we yeah. do this ourselves? So mm. I, I support it. I think it's great. I mean, I love Steam. Steam's great. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that Valve did it when nobody else was doing it. But yeah. these days, it it's not as important. Like, at one point, it was like, oh, cool. You can actually, like, get all games in one place. There's it, Before, it was like searching for a new game was impossible. But now 90% of the stuff goes through Kickstarter anyways. So... Mm. Like, you don't, Steam isn't as important. Not that Steam isn't great. I love Steam. I'm going to yeah. use Steam forever. But, like, it's not, when it came out, it was truly revolutionary. Now it's kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's like an expectation at this point, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, like, consoles are connected to the internet now. And, and PCs, like, you can just search for stuff. And, like, it's still great for indies. And I'm glad that Epic is sort of stepping up and doing some of this, too. But mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, there was a day there was a time when i'd be like nah screw you steam earned their place you leave them alone whereas now i'm kind of like steam hasn't really done anything super innovative in a long time no uh so yeah by all means swoop in and try and take some market share get I mean, some competition and also it might be better for some indie developers too because steam is just so flooded with new games every single day so many get lost in the shuffle, so maybe there'll be some good stuff. Yeah, but that fortunately, thankfully, some of those do get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, some of, <laughs> yeah. fortunately, yes. But at the same time, maybe there's a few gems in there that don't get found right away. Maybe uh, Morris Cave. Yeah, but yeah, yeah like Morris Cave. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it would would have been found faster if it was on Epics because it is doesn't presumably have a huge library at this point yeah well i mean i for a while there when earlier when we were doing the podcast months ago um i was going through steam 
new releases every week and checking out every new re- not buying mind you but checking out every new release mm-hmm. um god damn there were so many so many uh so yeah though 70 percent of those are usually sex games of some sort or dlc yeah it's weird that's that's actually so this is a good example of why i'm like somebody should come in and give steam some some competition because uh browsing games on steam is a huge like it is a bad system yes steam itself is great the delivery is awesome the update system is great it's it's fantastic finding games on steam is a fucking nightmare uh, like you can go and get all the, you can go and look at all the new games, but they don't differentiate between, as you say, DLC and, you know, games. So mm-hmm. if somebody just dumped, you know, a bunch of new textures for their sex game, which happens very often, there will be 30 entries for that day that are all like 69 cents or some stupid number. Yep. Uh, and it'll just be a full scrolling list of these and then inter intermixed every once in a while there will be a real game so uh somebody's got to give them some compa- competition because uh right now they're just they're not doing anything no. which <laughs> i guess we might as well mention it now the the whole cpu usage thing on steam yeah i was gonna say this is a good segue um on a user who's actually let me pull it up here i think i have it still up maybe Nope, doesn't look like it. I will look at it, look for it, and link it below. But a user on Reddit found that his CPU usage while using the Steam app was well over 10%. And he couldn't figure out why. So he went in with a few different places and fiddled around with stuff and eventually found that the um, the checkbox type thing for... Um, Animated avatars. Animate, yeah, animated avatars is by default always on. So if you go in there into your friends friends and whatever, friends and chat, I think it is, mm-hmm. on the thing in the bottom right of your screen and just go into the settings and turn that off, your CPU usage will, I guess, go down for Steam? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the way you want You want it to go down. Yeah, so I, I saw this as well, and, and it looked like, um, based on the replies to it, uh, it looks like this mostly affects Intel chips. Yep. It looked like AMD users were less or maybe not at all affected. And uh, not everyone reports this, but it's definitely worth taking a look because, yeah, Steam could just be running in the background hogging your CPU while you're trying to game. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll fix the bug now that it's been explicitly called out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this is the sort of thing that, like, Steam... I love Steam. I'm not trying to shit on them, but at the same time, as with so many things, once you establish such a dominance in the market, there's not a lot of like impetus to fix your shit unless yep. you've got somebody nipping at your heels. You don't tend to make things better. You you go on to the next thing and try and make the next product. You don't go back and fix what you've already got. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I welcome the competition. I think it's great. I will check out the Epic Game Store. I also like Epic. I I used to be kind of, I mean, I, I'm not that big on any particular game studio. I don't do a lot of, like, loyalty around game studios. But Epic used to kind of always be the sort of, eh, once in a while they release something cool, but I really don't care about them. Um, but now that I can get anything they do, well, not anything, but a lot of what they do on Game Pass, I've found myself... Uh, 
or sorry, that's EA Play, but mm. uh, a lot of the same sort of titles. Uh, and I've found myself circling back to Epic in my mind and, and going back and playing some of it as well. Yeah, they like they uh, they when they were just developers, they worked on the original Gears of War trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I find yeah I find like a lot of the games that they did, with the exception of Fortnite, because I mean that just turned into a friggin' monster. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, like yeah, bef- pretty much before they became like a publisher publisher when they were just like a developer yeah you know with like unreal and uh well that's the thing like unreal like unreal tournament man that will always hold a special place in my heart (laughs) such a monster yeah such a monster i actually fired up quake 4 uh yesterday for a few minutes because i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna play a first person shooter i haven't played a proper first person shooter in a long time and uh I played for a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I kind of remember why I don't play these anymore. They're just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. After, after like, the 17th enemy jumped out around a corner, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be, like, shitting my pants, and all I'm doing is being like, where are these things coming from? Like, why, how, how did they get in behind me? I don't understand there's no entrances to this room how maybe you're pooping them out yeah maybe i yeah i don't know like i'm i i'm not trying to shit on all fps or anything but i I just i went back to quake 4 and i was just kind of like i played it for an hour maybe something like that and then i was just kind of like i'm not enjoying this like it's i I, it's not that i'm bad at it or anything else i just i'm just kind of dopamine fix isn't coming in no, yeah. no. Maybe I used to be scared easier. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, well, well, I just should play Alien Isolation and there you problem solve. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, like I remember uh, a lot of the fond memories of playing the original Doom, and then uh, when I heard about brutal, brutal Doom, like the mod, mm-hmm. and do holy crap, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I uh, I do think, though, like, one of the reasons why Unreal was such a big deal for me uh, is because it was it was deathmatch. It was just, it was like all deathmatch. And some of the maps were just incredible. Like, the Two Towers uh, deathmatch map where you're in space is, is phenomenal. I think I would still really enjoy that, but playing through, like, the single-player mode, uh, I was just like, this is boring. Mm. I, eh. Not interesting. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Excuse um, me. They just uh, on Xbox. They came up with an optimized uh, Series XS version of uh, the Outer Worlds. Um, mm. It's yeah, basically like a Game of the Year edition, but it's been optimized now for Series X. So it just came out and it was on sale. So I said, "Screw it." I mean, it's on Game Pass, but I bought it. Um, I never actually got through that one, um, so I'm looking forward to going back and playing that one. Uh, if you don't know, the Outer War- the Outer Worlds was uh, made by Obsidian Studios. Who cre- who made Fallout New Vegas, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic two, uh, South Park, the uh, South Park Stick of Truth, and uh, <laughs> love those games. Yeah. So and now they're just a they're a first party um, Microsoft studio. So I'm looking forward. And even you, uh, Sarah, was saying uh, yeah, because I to start- get back in and play that again. Yeah. I started it, but then one of the quests bugged out on me, and I just never went back to it. So yeah. that is actually a pretty good segue into uh, talking about Temple's question from Discord. Yes. Yeah. Does yeah. so yeah. anyone have it open to read yeah, it exactly? So, uh, I, can, I can bring it up. Yeah. Just give me one second. I have it up already. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, our friend Temple asked, uh, what is your most bitter experience in gaming? Well, so in fairness, Temple says uh, his uh, was playing Pokemon Heart Gold. 
uh, found a shiny graveler uh, and it immediately self-destructed, <laughs> which I can I can understand. That's pretty. That's a pretty bitter experience for sure. Uh, yeah. What's yours, Chad? Uh, don't start with me because I can't think of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so so I, I I told him I'd try and figure one other than Atomic uh, yeah. Heart out because right now Atomic Heart <laughs> is my most bitter. <laughs> Fuck that game is terrible. Uh, but Sarah, you actually had one, so why don't you? Uh... Oh yeah, with um, well, actually this has happened to me twice in games. So uh, with um, oh my goodness, Skyrim. Oh yes, the one I put there. I guess there's three. So with Sky, <laughs> there's Skyrim. Um, on I think it was my old laptop. I was originally playing it on, and I thought I had saved, transferred my save properly to my external hard drive, and then we got a new computer and did not transfer over. So I lost over 200 hours worth of gameplay with my mage, who was so cool. That that is rough. It that is. sucks. It is. Um, so, uh, uh, real quick on that note, it's not my most bitter in any way, shape or form, but, uh, Danielle playing Hogwarts legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, she, I don't mean to be a jerk, uh, but I told her, I'm like, if you're going to play on the Xbox, you should create a Microsoft account. And she didn't, she just started playing on my account, a new save, but on my account. So now like she doesn't have, now that she's finally created her own Microsoft account, there's no way to transfer a save from one account to another. I'm going to try and like work around that by like grabbing the file and loading it up on a Linux machine and seeing if there's any way to like crack the, like break it out and move it over. But I'm like, that's gross. It's sort of yeah. in the same vein where it's like, yeah. she still has access to it, but it's like, it's she's not getting any achievements. It's not associated yeah. with her own profile. Although that she sucks. did get a hundred percent in the game. So I think that took the sting out. So yeah, she's yeah. good now, but um, but now she can do it again on her own account. That's right. Yeah. All over again. Yeah. Um, some of my most bitter memories from gaming uh, are from Tibia. So uh, <laughs> Tibia is a game that I, for newer listeners, uh, Tibia is a top-down 2.5D game. It's an MMO. It's ridiculous, but it's somehow one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, but the death mechanic in that game is punishing. Uh, you lose significant amount of your items and a lot of experience and skill levels. Uh, so, like, I think, I think it was like three percent of your total experience value. So, like, if you were level a hundred, for instance, you could you could legitimately, and you wouldn't lose like, it's not that you would lose three levels. It's that all of the experience that you would accrued from zero to your current level, you would lose like. 3% of that or whatever it was. I forget what the actual number was, but it was, you could lose days worth of playing time Jesus. from dying. And the servers would occasionally have little shit the beds. So <laughs> there was at least two incidences where I remember, you know, you, you'd try to move and your character wouldn't move. And you'd be like, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's like, Okay, I'm just gonna spam heal and hope that it gets through. And then you'd you'd like you'd get logged out. A lot of the time you'd log back in and it's like, okay, it 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 the enemies froze at the same time. But every once in a while, either you'd get some lag on your end or their server would be like screw up in the wrong way, whatever, and you'd log back in and you'd you'd have literally just lost like three days worth of play and it's like 
oh, I hate everything right now. <laughs> but it was such a good game that i just be like, ah, fuck it. All right, let's get back on that horse. Uh, but those are some of my most bitter memories is, is like dying of my own accord. Like, whatever, I can, I can work with that. But dying because, you know, your ISP screws up or, or their servers go down or whatever. That's just, that's hard to swallow. Um, mine... I'm and I'm gonna go back, uh, way back to the NES, and uh, talking of dying, um, there was always like those shitty game mechanics in the original Castlevania game that, whenever you got hit, your character would jump back, and Whoop. it always yeah, Whoop. it always sucked because if you were on a path like the Medusa heads, you know you you jump and you get hit and you Whoop. into a pit dead sure. right, sure. so. After a whole bunch of trial and error, um, the, the one key tactic in the original Castlevania is when you get the boomerang, one, don't die. Two, get the triple shot for this son of a bitch. I feel like don't die is well, just yeah, good advice. Well, yeah, in gaming general. Um, get the triple shot for the boomerang, and it you, you have a heavy set of hearts and just... They make bosses like easy. Yeah. The Frankenstein boss with the little munch, the little hunchback, for the longest time was such a pain in the ass. And when I finally got to that boss with the boomerang, Just easy. Melted, yeah. The level, the Grim Reaper level, the corridor getting to the Grim Reaper is probably one of the most frustrating and fucking hard, hardest areas in video games ever, because you have two of these big axe throwing pricks that take eight shots to kill. Plus, there's always Medusa heads flying by, and like you, you're there's a lot you have to kind of like do to get through this corridor before you even fight the Grim Reaper, which is the hardest boss in the <laughs> fucking game. So, after again a lot of trial and error, I finally got to the Grim Reaper with a boomerang and triple shot. And I remember like I was the nerves were flowing, but I was in the fucking zone. I was locked in, and I fought this bastard. And I threw a boomerang. He killed me, but when the boomerang came back, he killed it. Killed the Green Reaper, and I still had to go back and do it all again. <laughs> oh. I was so so mad because it was like, oh shit, oh oh, and I'm thinking like, oh yeah, no, but I won't be able to collect the ore. Ah oh, fuck. Yeah, that's rough. I had to go back, and it it's it happened. Uh, it's it's happened in Mega Man games too, where same thing. Like you'll you'll get your last shot, but then you'll die. But your shot will hit the the boss and kill it. Yeah. But because you're already dead, it's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've experienced a bunch of, not quite that, but like a bunch of things in uh, World of Warcraft. There would be the occasional bug where it was like, great, you know, we 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 beat it. Uh, and, and it's not, it wasn't usually like in raids or something, but some of the world bosses would just mm -hmm. do the stupidest shit. Like it's, you know, oh, we got it down to 3%. And then all of a sudden it would reset. And it's like, <sighs> like uh, the one of the dragons... Uh, in There's like the Azer, why? Well, yeah, God knows. And when when they were new, there was only mm. like two, um, and they took just massive amounts of damage to take down. But you got good stuff, and um, yeah, there was at least twice that we'd get them down to like just a just a sliver of health. Like we were we were done. It was just wrapping up, and then it's like, oh, they just reset to a hundred. Great, thanks, wonderful. Fuck you. <laughs> well, um, there was even a few times when. Uh, I was uh, when I was playing Destiny heavily, and I'd be doing a raid with my boys in Forever Gaming. <laughs> yeah, um, we would get the boss to like it looked like it was dead. It had like no health left, but it was still alive, and we would wipe. Yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there was a few times way back in the day um, when I was playing on a Game Boy. Uh, and, you know, you knew the batteries were starting to run out. But you'd been playing. It's like, well, you can't. Like, you can't replace the batteries without stopping the game. <laughs> and you can't save. So you're like, all right, all right, I'm just going to try and beat this really, really fast. Go, go, go. go. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> it like, it kind of like, it does a quick power cycle and then yeah. it, you just see like, wing. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, shit. All right, replace the batteries. Let's go again. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I don't even think the Game Boy, I'm 90% sure it didn't even have a battery indicator on it. It did. Like oh, a, look at a me. Light. It, it was a light on the side. Yeah, but it didn't tell you how full they were. Uh, no, it didn't. No, it was just, you You just, like, you knew they'd been in for a while, and you're like, uh, and eventually you'd kind of get to the point where it's like, okay, if I'm going to if I'm gonna do a longer session, I'll just put fresh batteries in first. <laughs> Plug it in the AC adapter. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was at least a couple times where, where my Game Boy would just die in the middle of a goddamn. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's interesting because even the Game Boy Color didn't have a proper uh, battery indicator either. It, it's actually surprising no, it how long it took before they legitimately included an indicator. The DS. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did, did he? What? Sorry, tongue tied tonight. Did any other um, handheld consoles that you know of have battery indicators on them? <clears throat> I feel like the Game Gear did, but I could be no, totally it wrong. It didn't. Okay. No. Yeah, I think it had like the little red light thing as well. Yeah. I think yeah. I could be wrong. No, general, you know, I think until that's so weird having that though, because like, well, yeah. I know it's working. <laughs> I can tell so. it's fucking working. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think the right. batteries are dead. Oh, really? What makes you give that? What makes you think that? Well, it won't fucking turn on. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Uh, yeah, no, the, the little battery light that's like, yeah, I have power. It's like, no shit. <laughs> How about you redirect that power into the game instead of trying to light up the stupid light? Right? I that's so, that's something that always bothered me about um the iPhone. And I know it doesn't really take that much battery, but like the iPhone will be off, mm -hmm. and they may have changed this. I I haven't noticed it recently, but the the fucking thing. Oh, and the Apple Watch is really bad for this. It'll be off and then it'll be like oh i have low battery it's like well shut the fuck up and stop <laughs> wasting your battery telling me that like the apple watch was one of the worst because uh because for a long time it may still do this i don't know i haven't worn mine in a long time uh the the screen would be off unless you like mm -hmm. brought it up nowadays the screen's always on with the new model so it doesn't really matter but <laughs> if you were in low battery mode it would leave the screen on the whole time telling you that you had a low battery it's like well dumb fuck turn it off <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, yeah technology <sighs> gotta love technology. that uh we're we're coming close yeah. to the end what, what were you, you gonna say uh do you want let, let's do you want to end on this here um we were talking about this earlier uh port key games um they wow. showed some statistics for Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, yeah. Um, 406 million hours played. Yeah. By one person. No. <laughs> yeah, by one person. No. Oh, God. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's a lot. That's, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not that's guaranteed to be low, I'm guessing, as well, because mm -hmm. some of that won't be properly reported. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a lot. It is a very, very popular game. Big um, dude. Yeah, mm. big, popular, huge. Um, Danielle spent 
I'm going to say 80 to 90 hours getting 100%. So what's uh, what's 400 million, was it? 406 million. 406 million divided by 90. That is enough for four and a half million people to have 100% of the game. I mean, I, I could do it way... Like, I, I'm not at 100% yet, but I've yeah. played, like, way, way less than that. But if you take hers as sort of a typical... Yeah. ...or average, uh, that's a lot. Of, How many units crazy. were sold? Uh, more than that. That's, that's a lot of fucking people buying that game. Yeah, well, it's a lot of people buying it and a lot of people putting a lot of time into mm -hmm. it. So... Yep. So good for them. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll rapid fire a few other things here. Um, the KFC thing is is a little silly, but actually possibly useful. Uh, Sarah found this. Uh, KFC, if you go and buy a sandwich from KFC, it can be any sandwich. The uh, The article started by saying it was a double down, but it's actually any sandwich from what we can tell. Yep. Um, you, uh, you can get a code to get into the Diablo 4 early access the the play test yep i think you have to order through the kfc app or website yes though. yes correct specifically you have to order through the app correct yeah you can't just go to the counter they don't like hand you a slip of paper or anything no uh, <laughs> it's on your receipt <laughs> i mean they could but yeah. obviously that's, they're not that's generally probably how they used to do it anyway before all these fancy pants phones yeah, yeah it'd be printed on the the container Inter or something yeah. your drink or something uh, yeah, so that, that was the only thing that I think we wanted to specifically call out, just because it's temp, it's time sensitive. So if you're interested in Diablo 4, uh, that's probably worth it. I'm going to swing by a KFC and yeah. grab one, just because I mean, why, why the not? hell not? You, yeah. you get a snack or a yeah. meal or whatever. And I like popcorn chicken. Why? Well, no, I guess it has to be a sandwich. That's okay. Yeah. I like their chicken sandwiches, too. Yeah. They're crispy. You buy that for then, and then the popcorn chicken for later. There you go. While yeah. you're playing. I or just uh, go to a KFC Taco Bell. <laughs> there, <laughs> you <go. laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, and then uh, there was a couple other things that we were going to talk about, but they are not time sensitive, so we'll uh, we'll chat about them next week. Yeah. Thanks so much for hanging out. We love you all. Uh, let us know on in the comments, on Discord, whatever, uh, what you think about the, the new shorter form stuff that I put out. I'm going to be doing some more of those, so keep an eye out. Uh, Sarah, you... And also just let us know what your most bitter experiences in gaming are as well. Yes, and if you want to chat about them, join us on Discord. Yes. If you just want to vomit them out into the world, that's fine too. We appreciate it. And if you want to use ChatGPT to leave a nice comment down below in the comment section, feel free. I mean, I don't know. we're not going to judge. Yeah, we yeah. do not reject AI-generated comment. Well, we do if they're spam. Yeah. 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 If no, has, I'm not going to play Genshin Impact. Can someone Impact. please put a weird AI-generated comment, though? Because I think I would just enjoy that. I think so, yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We love you so much. Tell three friends. Like, subscribe. Peace.